Hello, everyone. It's been a long time since I said that. Hello, everybody, and how are you doing today? Uh, this is the memo. You got the same guys as always Richard Lyons, Alex Masados, and Matt Brodsky. Um, the last time we did this, this happened. That was yeah, the last so that time. happened, and it uh, affected me so bad that we had to take a month off of doing the podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but yeah, it's been Richard a long time. to get some uh, pretty intense surgery. Yeah. Um, he's been out of commission for the last few weeks. Yeah, let me, I mean, I can actually, it did, um, just to warn anyone who is thinking of trying it, I definitely felt like shit for that whole night and the day after, but um, I didn't have any intense stomach pain, but it was like, it was like I was just tired, because it was so intense, and it sucked when I shit. Dude, <laughs> the rest of the show, we were doing the picks for the wild card, you just were not speaking. I was laying down. <laughs> I fucking yeah. leaned the chair back, and I was like... You were just like, Rams. <laughs> um, all right. So, yeah, that happened, and now we're finally back. Uh, we missed the entire NFL playoffs, but we watched it. Um, but, you know, we're here today. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl, and, you know, despite the NFL season being over, there's always eventful things happening in the NFL offseason. So we have a lot to talk about there. Then we'll finish it off with some basketball. And, um, you know, no picks. No picks for a while. But maybe we'll try to find something to take its place. But for now, just a nice little uh, comeback episode. We're just going to talk and we're going to have some fun. Right, guys? Yeah. When we get to NBA playoffs, which is low-key, not too far off, we'll mm-hmm. make picks then. Yeah, um, Alex showed up in his best uh, Arthur sweatshirt. <laughs> um, no, it's nice. <laughs> All right, so obviously we have to start uh, off with the most recent and biggest news in the sports world, which would be Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, dismantling the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl, um, which nobody would have thought happened um matt yeah you wouldn't know that by the way everyone's been acting the last few days everyone's like oh you can't doubt doubt brady everyone acts like they picked the bucks but like (laughs) everyone everyone thought the chiefs was gonna win yeah yeah it was it was a very surprising result for most people but i feel like this always happens when ever somebody is favored against brady or whenever people think about betting against Tom Brady, it always comes down to that. Why are you picking against Tom Brady? And I just want to say, we haven't recorded since the wild card weekend, and honestly, I'm grateful for that because I saved myself from a lot of stupid predictions that did not come true, and that is the silver lining in this little hiatus that we took. But as somebody who has been outspoken for what feels like a decade now that Tom Brady is (laughs) picking against Tom Brady every opportunity that I can, I had this coming, and I think anybody who did doubt Tom Brady, like you were saying, Alex, because a lot of people did going in, were on the Chiefs. Yeah, I did. I when did are we going to learn our damn lesson? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, next year, it'll probably be the I'll same I'll do the same thing. thing. <laughs> I'll do the same thing next year. People are going to be like, nah, he's 44 now, not 43. you got to be um, right eventually, right? Yeah. We've been Maybe saying we're going to be right since he was 36. Right, but then this next year I'll be picking them to win the Super Bowl and they'll go 8-8. Eight eight. Yeah. I'd be like, I fucking knew it. 
Yeah, definitely surprising. I, I definitely had my all my money on the Chiefs. Um, we were talking about it. We, we probably should have heeded a, a little more caution um, to the, the two offensive linemen that were injured, two very important, important offensive linemen for the Chiefs um, against that that pass rush of the Buccaneers and it was it was just a very very obvious mismatch when watching the game uh, mm-hmm. Mahomes um, he didn't play a perfect game but it felt like he was doing the most he could while um, the onslaught of Jason Pierre-Paul and Vita Vey and um, Shaq Barrett were constantly in his face um, and and yeah, I mean, it was it was the, definitely the most human the Chiefs have looked since uh, since Pat Mahomes took over at quarterback, and it was it was honestly like I was watching the game getting pretty sad. <laughs> yeah, it's, I was like, it's, it, it felt like it, it, it felt like I was just lied to for all these <laughs> years, like the last it's two the years. First <laughs> time a Pat Mahomes led offense, including college has failed to score a touchdown in a game. Yeah, I mean, Alex, you mentioned it with that mismatch and the, the the defensive line for the Bucks against the offensive line for the Chiefs. Another another thing, looking back in hindsight, like how did we not consider that that would be a problem? Two backup tackles against the best front four in the NFL. It played out exactly how it should have in that situation, and you saw the stat, Patrick Mahomes ran a total of 497 yards in ground covered. Yeah. The, that's just I mean every single play you just like you're replaying the highlights in your head and every image that I have is just Mahomes running backwards. Yep. And and let, let's not forget about the turf toe which is also just a it's a it's a it's just a perfect storm of you know the he's usually mobile, you know, he's usually able to escape pressure and and make big plays on his feet um and and now he's dealing with turf toe and even though he was making plays on his feet, like the most that he could, um, he was clearly hobbled by that toe injury. So, you know, the the, the mismatch presented itself to the Buccaneers and and Bowles and and that whole defense and Arians and and everyone on that team stepped up and, and they got the job done. And it was, you know, like hats off to them for for doing it. And yeah, and you know they had they had their chances, and you know there was that. Mahomes threw a crazy pass to Tyreek Hill in the first half that uh, he ended up dropping. Uh, Matt, mm-hmm. I remember you were saying you got to catch that. And yeah, um, the first one we hit him. Those, right. He had those, two, he had two receivers in the face mask. Yeah, in the end those zone. type of plays face. that you know they're tough catches. But if you want to win a championship, and I remember, you know, it's funny because we said the same thing about Mike Evans uh, a few a few games ago. He, Brady kind of o- threw it over his head and it like went off his fingertips for a pick and you were like, you know, if you want to win a championship, you catch those tough ones. And, you know, in the championship, it was the Chiefs who ended up not catching the tough ones. And, yeah. uh, I mean, it's not like the Bucks receivers caught any passes themselves. but <laughs> Yeah, and that's the thing. You're right. And, like, Hill is usually good with those kind of catches. Like, mm-hmm. he makes some acrobatic catches. He's obviously r- ridiculously athletic. Um it looked like he kind of was maybe expecting it to be tipped and like it mm. just like dropped right into his hands. It hit his hands first and then it hit his face mask. So that was unfortunate. And then the one that he had to Daryl Williams on that fourth down when he's literally horizontal to the ground. <laughs> that was the most ridiculous <laughs> pass I've ever seen. I've never life. seen anything like that before. 
I'm so upset that that wasn't caught for a touchdown because it would have been the greatest play ever. Yeah, it <laughs> would have just been the greatest throw of all time. And it still one is. Thing I, Travis Kelsey had a big out. drop on third down too. Uh-huh. Yep. One thing I want to point out is uh, the coaching. I know I, I slightly touched on it, but uh, Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy got severely outcoached um, by Todd Bowles and Bruce Arians, who I think going into the game, most people would be like coaching advantage chiefs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess you can count Tom Brady as a coach as well, but um, Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid throughout that game showed no willingness to adjust the game plan. Um, they were having, they were running these like long developing plays with receivers running pretty far downfield that need time to develop um, when there wasn't any. Um, I, I don't understand why they kept like running Kelsey deep down the field. I, I know he had a lot of yards, but like you want to win the game, like have him stay back and yeah. like block, like help out with the blocking, like run the football. Clyde Edwards Hilaire. He only had like nine carries, but he was pretty effective. And I know like the the game got out of reach at the end there, but there was still like the whole first half and a little bit of the second half to establish that running game and you know like change things up when you see that the the game plan isn't working. <laughs> and so yeah, I don't want to harp on Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy. Like it's just great job by by Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles to yeah execute their game plan to perfection. And and the Bucks defensive game plan wasn't anything even that crazy, you know. They rushed their four stud D linemen, and they put a lot of guys in the secondary, and sometimes they'd send Devin White or someone else. Like, they didn't have to run. Then that, you know, if you can win with a pass uh, rushing four, that's how you're going to beat the Chiefs, you know. Like, you, you can't be sending uh, an all-out blitz against Mahomes because he's going to find a guy. But, you know, they have Pierre Paul, Sue, uh, Vita Vea, and, and Shaq Barrett just getting in his face every play, those four. So, that, it's true. You know, you got to – Take take a, a a page out of the Tom Brady playbook. Snap, throw, snap, throw, snap, stop trying. You know, and you have yeah. all these playmakers. Like I know Tyreek Hill is a downfield threat. I know Travis Kelsey as a tight end is a downfield threat, but they're also threats with the ball in their hands. So you'd think, you know, get them the ball quickly, screens, short the short throws, you know, make yeah. have them make a man miss and it was it almost felt like the Chiefs, like looking back now with the lack of adjustments and, and changes and just sticking to their guns, like they were almost a victim of like their own previous success. Where, and I was thinking the same thing watching the game, like the longer the game goes on, you're just expecting them to come back and expecting them to turn it on because they've done it so often before. Um, but in that situation, obviously, the coaches need to be wiser than me sitting on the couch and like know that something's not working and make those necessary adjustments. So, they felt like they almost relied too much on the things that had worked to get them there that they refused to, to pivot off of that. Yeah. yeah, and I was saying the same thing while we're watching because I was watching with, you know, two of our friends, Vellani and Vinny, who don't watch like we do, but, you know, they just threw money on the Bucks and they were up like, 21-6 or whatever, and I, they were like, oh, let's go, like, they're going to win. It was the first half, and I was like, no, no, no. Like, yeah, the Chiefs don't worry. Are, the I wasn't Chiefs worried are, until, like, yeah. five minutes left in the fourth quarter. Yeah. <laughs> like the Chiefs are always in this situation. Like the entire playoff last year, they were down double digits every game. They were down twenty-one nothing in one of the games, and they won like forty-eight, twenty-eight, something crazy. Like they always come back. They just go on a run, and then it just never. They just never ended up clicking. And you know, people want to complain about penalties. People want to say, you know, they didn't call that earlier in the playoffs. Whatever. 
I, I think either way, they just kind of got shut down. And overall, the, they just got dominated. I don't think any one or two penalties, questionable calls, whatever they were, were going to change the outcome really. But No, they were they were early in the game, and they definitely like kind of killed momentum that they might have had. Um, but you lose 31 to nine, like two, two iffy penalties. Like you, you can't, you can't yeah. like point at those two iffy penalties mm-hmm. and say, that's why. No, I mean, their, their defense was horrendous too, Kansas city. Like you have your receivers yeah. dropping passes all over the field and your defense cannot stop anything. It seems like every time the bucks need to make a, make a play, they did it to extend drives. Mm-hmm. So I mean, they have no one to blame, but themselves, they were just outplayed in every aspect of the game. Yeah. Oh. And I heard um, I was listening to the Bill Simmons pod. He made a there. It was him and someone else. I don't know the guy's name, but they were like. And I think one of you said this during the game. Like there just seemed to be like a lack of urgency with the Chiefs, and it's just like they were saying like they're basically the same team from last year. <clears throat> they won the last year in the Super Bowl. They all have their ring, and now you're going as a team who, besides Tom Brady and like Jason Pierre-Paul, this is all of their like first time in the Super Bowl going for a ring biggest three hours of their lives like it almost looked like they just they wanted that game more than them you know yeah it's like it meant much more to them than the team that just won last year and like obviously you're in the Super Bowl it means a lot to you but it's just like that that little that little bit of you know motivation over someone else really it's the most important three like you were saying oh my it's cool to see Mike Evans like in there like that's the most important three hours of his entire life <laughs> right there yeah i think like all the all the amazing plays that mike evans is gonna make in his life the one catch that he had in the super bowl is probably like assuming he like, never makes it back which mm-hmm. you know he might if that's his one ever catch in the super bowl like that's probably gonna be the one he remembers <laughs> yeah. the most yeah true. Um, so yeah surprising result um, but looking back on it, probably should have maybe not seen this coming, but been more expectant of a Buck, Bucks win. Um, I thought it was going to be a blowout in the other direction. Um, I think yeah. the Chiefs will be back, obviously, as long as you have Patrick Mahomes, you're going to be yeah. right in the title conversation every year. I honestly um, think this could be a, a good thing for them. Yeah, they're yeah. not going to be working you know, we were saying after last year that they're going to win five straight. They're going to win all these Super Bowls, and like obviously it's a little tongue in cheek, but yeah, I mean they are that they are going to be that good. And if this motivates them to uh, take things more seriously, and and I don't know, not tear your Achilles as the left tackle the, the week before the game. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know, like what like people are saying, like that this is they the Buck showed the blueprint on how to beat the Chiefs. Every time some team good team loses a game, it's a blueprint on how to yeah. beat them. Always. I mean, yeah, if your blueprint is injure their starting tackles and have the greatest quarterback of all time, you're <laughs> going to have a good shot to beat the Chiefs. Like, this felt like an anomaly and, like, just a perfect storm for the Bucks. and I'm really not worried about the Chiefs much moving forward. No, I don't think anyone should be worried, especially if next year their their offensive line is healthy, like you're yeah. saying. Um, would have been the a completely only, different game, probably. But the only thing that's going to be interesting with Kansas City is how they manage their cap with paying Mahomes all that money once the extension kicks in. Um, but again, like he's just going to mask so many of their roster deficiencies to begin with that, like I feel like it'll it'll work out. They'll be fine. And Brady, like it's crazy how like this entire time, 
we're not we're not even like talking about how Brady has seven rings. Like obviously it's a given they won, but like that's not I even. I think like that's the, got enough conversation yeah. in the past couple of days. <laughs> like, yeah. Did you guys see him at the at the parade today? Yeah, he's fucking he wasted. Yeah, that's <laughs> mad funny. That was that was a sight to see. Yeah. In Florida, he's just having the bet, dude. He must have been when he threw the trophy. He must have been so hammered. That was crazy, dude. Imagine he just, just like, dropped into the water. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that'd be hilarious. Who did he, did he throw it to Gronk? Yeah. Yeah. Gronk was probably just like, "Are you kidding me right now?" <laughs> you can hear his. Uh, I think it's his daughter. She's like, "Dad, no, Dad, no." <laughs> He's like, "Fuck it." Yeah. <laughs> Didn't yeah. Gronk like dent a trophy in the past too? Yeah, he did something. He, like, I think he probably, I'm pretty sure he like Gronk spiked one of them or something. No way. Because <laughs> <laughs> when the the Patriots Twitter account they congratulated the Bucks and then they were like and Rob and then Gronk be careful with that trophy. So like I think that I don't remember exactly, but he must have uh, done something. But yeah, Coming I mean, down, think Pat's Twitter. <laughs> you guys had your moment. Yeah. Oh, they all think they're they're all they still think they won this year. They're like Brady and Gronk. That's our squad. Imagine they just put a Bucks banner in in <laughs> Gillette Stadium. That's yeah. funny. Tom Brady was I hammered. It must be it. it must be great celebrating a Super Bowl win on on the water in Tampa Bay as opposed yeah. to like being in Boston in February. Yeah. <laughs> freezing cold. Yeah. So it it looked great. Yeah, yeah. It, it looked. It was like nice to see Brady like having fun. Yeah, instead of like the robot, scary assassin, it was just like a human moment where he's like, hur, hur. <laughs> <laughs> "All right, well, I wish it was a better game, but there you go, Bucks. Good for you, Bruce Arians, oldest coach to ever win the Super Bowl, Santa Claus." I can't believe that they won the Super Bowl. It's just when he announced he was going to Tampa Bay and they actually won the fucking Super Bowl. (laughs) It's crazy. (laughs) Makes no sense. It makes perfect sense. But, I mean, they were a talented team. Their quarterback just threw 30 interceptions. So, (laughs) yeah. I mean, listen, and honestly, like, this isn't a slight on Tom Brady. I mean, his. Obviously, his resume speaks for itself, and he's hands down the greatest quarterback ever. But if you think about the the NFC Championship game in the Super Bowl, like that elite defense was clicking at the right time, and they shut down those, they shut down Aaron Rodgers in important moments when they needed to, and they stopped Patrick Mahomes. Like, hats off to Todd Bowles and the defense because I think that's the real reason why they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, well, every year, no matter who it is, it, it takes a team, and even in all of the previous six Super Bowls, Tom Brady always had a team around him that was good. It wasn't just him carrying everyone, even though obviously he was probably the most valuable player on all those teams. It takes a team. And and the Bucks were a, a good a good team throughout the entire year. Had their ups and downs, but nobody ever doubted if they were good. Yeah. And they nope. they just got it going at the right time. Congrats to all Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Super Bowl ring. Can't believe it. Touchdown in the Super Bowl. Look at him. Yeah, first ring for Antonio Brown, first for Ndamukong Sue. Mm, you like uh, to see. Second for JPP. He's never um, lost a playoff game, Matt. Just, just reminded me yeah. of that the other day. Oh, really? Wow. Because he went with the Giants in 2011, never yeah. made it again. 
Is it impressive if you've played like 10 years and only made the playoffs twice? I don't know. But he's never, never once lost. he gets yeah. in. Never lost. <laughs> once he gets in, he doesn't lose. Um, he's had an impressive career. That's for sure. I, I can't believe he's still good. And he has seven fingers. Yeah. No way he has Did 10. Did you guys see that seven. Fernet tweet? <laughs> yeah. All right. Bad. So he had nine and a half sacks this year. Damn. And two picks. That's boss. Two Oof. interceptions as a D end. That is cool. seven fingers. Seven fingers. D end. Seven fingers. All right. Well, we had um, two of the best quarterbacks in the league in the Super Bowl, but there was a lot of news regarding quarterbacks not in the Super Bowl, and there's still some news yet to come. Some speculation going on. So I think we can uh, can move on to our quarterback next talk. NFL segment. Yeah, man. <clears throat> this this is definitely going to be a conversation that dominates the NFL offseason. Um, I remember a couple weeks ago, it might have been Ian Rappaport or Adam Schefter speculating that there'll be 18 teams with new quarterbacks from week one last year to week one this year. So it seems like almost every single quarterback is up for grabs, except for the two that just played on Sunday. Yeah. And... <laughs> I mean, you have teams calling about Aaron Rodgers. You have teams calling about Russell Wilson. Obviously, Deshaun Watson's been in the news. And there's just so many moving parts going on right now. There's already been a completed trade. But this is going to be a wild, wild offseason. And uh, there's going to be probably a lot of random reports and speculative things that come out that maybe look dumb in hindsight. Or maybe look dumb at first and then not dumb. It's just going to be awesome. And it's going to be crazy to be part of and follow along with. Yeah, it's uh, it's good memo content at least. That's for sure. That's what we want. And you know, we've been lucky with um, with news drops recently. You know, the past few true. episodes we recorded, there was always a big big news drop right before. So, um, yeah, I'm, we'll see, see I'm seeing on my phone Andrew Benatendi is about to get traded to the Royals. Yeah, apparently the Mets are involved in that. Yeah, yeah I wonder big, what big what quarterback, big quarterback on the move. <laughs> but. <laughs> Not to talk about that trade, there was <laughs> another trade that went down prior to the Super Bowl. Um, the the <laughs> <laughs> L.A. Rams sending Jared Goff to the Detroit Lions in exchange for Matthew Stafford. There was a pick involved, right? What was what was that? The Rams, sent, the Rams sent a first round pick to the Lions to take that. Uh, enormous contract off off their hands and the Rams get a quarterback that it, it seems like they believe in more than they do uh Goff so Stafford uh he gets his shot to play for for a playoff team and not uh just waste away the rest of his career in Detroit so uh what, what do you guys think about that one this was crazy this one came out of nowhere um, yeah. they, it moved. It looked like it moved so fast from the Rams' perspective, with like how quickly they lost faith in Jared Goff. Um, like after the playoff game came out, they were like, "Oh, they're being non-committal. They're um, maybe they're going to shop him a little bit." Boom, he's traded for a first-round pick, included with him. Um, yeah, but um, I don't. I don't. I don't think it was a bad trade. I mean, that team is ready to win the Super Bowl, and Stafford is obviously an upgrade. Well, I think Jared Goff is a good quarterback. Stafford is a, a, a tier ahead of him, at least, and I think that they're a dangerous team now in the NFC. Yeah, um, 
definitely moved really fast. And after the fact, uh, just reading about it, I saw a lot of people saying, like, you know, we should have seen this coming with, like, McVeigh's comments about the roster and the quarterback position in general. Like, it seemed like he was just pretty much done with Goff and wanted to move on and just didn't see him as the guy. And, you know, I think Stafford is the, you know, the if being available was, like, the perfect opportunity for them with that defense. And, you know, he, he's probably a much better leader than Jared Goff is. I mean, guy's a warrior. He fucking plays with no shoulders, runs out there, and everyone's <laughs> following him. But he also seems like a guy who, and one of Jared Goff's biggest criticisms was, like, doesn't need his hand held, you know? Like, I think you can let Stafford sort of just run the offense and, like, tell him to play, and he can adjust at the line. I mean, I remember when they lost the Super Bowl, it was like, I don't know, was that true that it's like the cutoff at 15 seconds? Like, was that I think that was true that uh, they were. It was true that season. Like, the the season after, that was something that Goff, like, progressed past. Mm -hmm. Um, And they they were, like, getting plays off and, like, running things quickly and, like, getting plays off quickly, and the tempo of the offense got faster. Um, But he also started playing worse. So it was was a thing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think they'll definitely be able to push the ball downfield more with Stafford. And while he is, you know, older, he still still has a lot left in him, at least a few years. Um, He's – this year he had a, a pretty good year. I mean, the Lions suck forever. The season before, before he got hurt, he was having one of his best seasons ever. But um, it's exciting. You like to see Matthew Stafford go go somewhere that's not Detroit. I'm just happy for yeah. him. Yeah, you want to see Matt Stafford play, like, meaningful football games mm-hmm. and not just play, like, half a season and then be forgotten about, even though he has all the talent in the world. Um, so, so I agree. I think it's an upgrade for the Rams – um, and maybe it's a good thing for Goff, too, to just be in a new environment, brand new head coach um, of the Lions. Eating kneecaps. Eating kneecaps. I, I don't really know anything about this guy besides <laughs> that he was the assistant head coach of, of the Saints. Um, and maybe maybe they found a good one, and maybe they can turn things around there with a, with a fresh face in Jared Goff. Yeah, I, I think it was a pretty good return for Detroit. Um all things considered, because you know Stafford is an elite quarterback, and, and he is, like you said, Rich, he's not that old. He still has a lot of years left. And looking at his contract, with the way that the rest of the league is right now with their quarterback contracts, that's like a super reasonable deal for Stafford. Um, them announcing how available Stafford was, maybe you would have thought that that would like hinder their return since um, they were confirmed getting rid of him. But to be able to get a first-round pick, and Jared Goff, who is a 25-year-old former number one overall pick who has had success, give him a shot, see what he can do. I feel like it's almost as good as you can get or good as you can ask for when you're trading staff. Yeah, especially if you're a new head coach. Like, I don't know if they're going to draft a quarterback this year or not, but you know, Goff should at least keep them respectable. And like, you don't want to be just like complete trash when you're a new head coach. Like, you want to have someone under center that like knows what they're doing. And, like, yeah. he does make a lot of money, though, so, you know, it's tough. That's but the problem. It, yeah. It's just – He makes a lot of money, and I I don't know if Goff has convinced me that he is good enough to make the Lions, like, re- regardless of the rest of the team and the coaching, 
that he makes them respectable. Like I can see the Lions continuing to be really, really bad, even with him. I, mean, I agree. It depends. I agree how with you. Good, this coach is. Sorry, Matt. I'm just saying because they had Matt Patricia, who, you know, unanimously one of the worst coaches ever. <laughs> um, yeah. So Stafford I, couldn't keep them afloat with that guy. We'll see who how this guy is. Yeah, I agree with you, Alex. That you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Detroit still bottoms out and is a terrible team. But I think Goff is good enough. Like that, he's worth taking that shot on to see. Like you can find some success there, um, and if not, I mean, you know, just draft a quarterback, maybe even draft one this year if you still if you really want to. Um, and then, I, what what year is that pick for the Rams? Two years from now, one year from now. Um, sure. I don't know. The Rams don't have a first round pick till twenty thirty five at this point, but. I don't know. I think that it's worth Goff is somebody who's worth taking a flyer on, and uh, if you want to roll with him for a year or two and try to build up the rest of your team because they need a lot of help in a lot of different areas, maybe that's a route to take. But now they they gave themselves some options. Yeah, yeah. Um, they picked seventh this year, the Lions, and that's it. But not prime quarterback territory, so we'll see what they do. I mean, you could always draft oh. a guy, develop him. But there are a lot of QBs in this draft. Yeah, yeah, there are. Um, but yeah, I think it was a, a good return they got for Stafford. There's a, you know, risk reward with Goff, and you get a first round pick, and you know, maybe he'll eat some kneecaps with you. That yeah, was and the so Rams. St- I'm sorry, he was trying to be like hype up. We're gonna bite your kneecaps. Like, come on, <laughs> you're trying a little too hard, but okay. Just you know, just just fucking coach the team honestly. yeah it's like we get it they're gonna be tough everyone thinks they're gonna be tough good for you all right well that's the the actual move that's gone down in terms of the you know quarterbacks that the 18 different quarterbacks that could be on the move quarterback or carousel whatever it is the carousel there's a, every year there's a qb carousel um, yeah, but this year you've never had names like Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, yeah, yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Last year we were talking about Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, Phillip Rivers, Cam Tom, Newton, Tom Brady. <laughs> Listen, Washington. Um, everyone's going to Washington. Don't forget. Yeah, that's right. We don't even have to bother with this on the show. <laughs> um, no, but let's get into some speculation. Um, the Deshaun Watson news is something that does not go away. Jets. And at this point, I don't even know what to think. Like, they are very, very adamant about not trading him. Like, more so than you would expect a team who's secretly shopping him behind closed doors would be. So, I, I don't know what to believe here, but Watson, there's reports that Watson's willing to hold out if he doesn't get traded. So, it sounds like it's just an old-fashioned Houston standoff down there, and uh, I, I don't know how this. it ends. I hate when teams do this. But <laughs> I, like... I understand it though. You're gonna get just get rid of a top five quarterback in the NFL. You gotta do everything you can to keep him. Yeah, but what what can you do at this point? He's got like his his team and or what whoever it is is going to the media, clearly trying to force his way out. He seems pretty set on being out. So fucking deal him and get what you can for him before <laughs> your leverage goes out the window. It, and it's already it's already half its way out. So they've done everything well, they can. To piss him off. On top of that, they hired yeah. this f- absolute loser as their head coach, who's never done anything right <laughs> in his NFL career. When he's asked all the, he just wanted to be part of the search for the GM. 
He just wanted he wanted to, you know them to interview certain candidates for their position, and they just completely, you know, didn't do that. In their defense, though, like why does Deshaun Watson get to interview the GM? What the fuck does he know about <laughs> that? He's Deshaun. He's Deshaun I, Watson. Yeah, no, but at the same time, like if your franchise star is saying like I just want to be like part of the process, he's not going to be like let me hire him. He's just saying like let me like exactly in the loop. Just wanted to sit there. Yeah. Um. And just the not- head coach, I understand more so than the GM. But- yeah. Yeah. That exactly. But still, I would do whatever he asked. Especially yeah, apparently there was a rumor that came out the other day. I was listening to a podcast that they fired um, apparently his closest friend and the equipment manager, like one of the equipment managers they got rid of, and they got rid of um, someone else in the building who he was like two of like his best friends, basically. They just fired him. So it's like they're actively trying to piss him off even more. And then they're like, um, we're keeping you. Yeah. <laughs> but, dude, that head coaching hire, man, that guy was not even on anyone's radar. I was looking at his Wikipedia bio. He was he's been a wide receiver coach since 1990. And he hadn't gotten a promotion. He was like an assistant head coach for the Chiefs one year while being the wide receivers coach. But if you've never progressed more than a wide receivers coach in 30 20 years of coaching, what what did he do in that interview? They Dude, were they, they nobody wanted to go to the Texans. Exactly. He was, he, he was they desperate. Probably had, they probably had no options. Yeah, they were probably picking from like, a fucking bunch of misfits. They were probably like, "We're gonna pay you mad." So <laughs> he was just like, "He yeah, was came whatever. from Baltimore wide receivers coach last year, which was they really impressed." And he was the Chiefs wide receivers coach when they had zero touchdowns by wide receivers. <laughs> Jeez, they're gonna be a fucking shit show. And, and I mean, listen, you know what? who knows with head coaches? You never know. But it doesn't inspire confidence for a quarterback who's wanting out already. Look, the return, like, they, like this is a chance for them to, like, get the franchise, you know, on track and start over and, like, get some assets back. I understand you don't want to get rid of, a pop, like, you know, arguably top five quarterback in the NFL. But, like, the two teams that probably have the most firepower being the Jets and the Dolphins, you can either get the second or third overall pick another pick in the late teens early 20s and another first rounder next year and like whatever mid rounders like and but and they have nothing now they have nothing and they have a pissed off Deshaun Watson who's gonna just make it hell for them and the longer they waited out like you said you know the worse it gets and it's just like just hit the reset button man just 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 get it over with it's like fucking like Holding out that you're you're still gonna date like your ex girlfriend that broke up with you like five years ago. Yeah. It's, it's not gonna happen. It's fucking ship him out. You can still get something for him. I mean, you'll always be able to get something for Deshaun Watson, but every day that passes, I think their leverage just gets worse and worse. I feel like we're almost seeing these NFL players, these stars, are like looking over at the NBA and seeing you know how much power these guys have, like, forcing their way to places. And, like, these owners and GMs don't want to let that trend start happening. But they're like, no, like, fuck that. (laughs) I don't want to be here. Like, I want out, this and that. Like, maybe it's the start of something new here where, you know, guys are unhappy and it's just you got to move them. Otherwise, they're going to cause hell. Listen, I don't have a problem with that. And, like, you know, I I like to see players take control of their own careers. But – at the same time, like, I understand why Houston is going to try to hold on to him. He's like, you don't just get Deshaun Watson's every 
of the year. Like this is their franchise, and he's tw- what is he twenty four, twenty five years old, top five quarterback in the league. Um, and like you said, Alex, there'll, there'll always be a market for him. So I feel like right now, oh, the week after the Super Bowl, um, things can obviously change once the new league year starts and things really get moving. But in the meantime, they do still have some time to do something to reconcile their relationship. What that is, I don't know, but you gotta you gotta pull out all the stops to do so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess they could just hold on to him and you know go into the season with him under contract and and run that risk, which. You know, do maybe, we really maybe, think he's not going to play? That is the question. <laughs> <laughs> you call his bluff. It's very risky, but like very risky, but it's also risky on his part. Yeah, he's just going to lose a lot of the, the way it's like look, structured look, now. You could lose mad money. You can lose mad money, and look at everyone who's done it so far. They always come back a, a very much worse player. It's true. He's at a different stage of his career, though. Like. He's still so – he's not even in his, like, as a quarterback. He's not even in his, like, real prime yet. He's 25 years old. Like, I can't imagine Deshaun Watson sitting out games would, like, completely derail him. No, I don't think it would either. But it's like, does he just want to not play football for a season or, like, lose money and stuff? Like, it, it, it's going to be interesting. But um, at the end of the day, I do think he will get traded. But I don't know when. I don't think. I don't think it's coming anytime soon. I think it's going to be a long, drawn out process. It's got to yeah. be before the draft. I guess. Oh yeah, true, true, true. It's got it. Yeah. It's a big <laughs> difference between like Deshaun Watson and Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, that's yeah. If we're talking about taking the time off, um, but yeah, yeah, if he gets like, traded, got running backs, you can just plug and play somebody who will do fine. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. the Texans are in big trouble if they don't have a quarterback. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I would take the Dolphins deal, man. Tua and and number four, if they want Tua. Yeah, I'm saying, but I I would do that. I, I would want Tua. I'd rather have, and this is obviously my opinion. I would rather have Tua and a top offensive lineman or another weapon than, you know, Fields and nothing else. Whatever. Sure, okay, Jet fan. <laughs> <laughs> It's worse. Tua sucks. Bust. <laughs> All right. So, you know, as we as we go down this uh, quarterback carousel, as it spins around, uh, each seat, you know, gets worse and more rusty and gross, and kids are putting their snot on them. Um, so the next guy that's been in yeah. the news, Russell is, Wilson. Oh, um, you're right. Well, he, he's <laughs> down the list here. I forgot about him. No, yeah. Um, is that real? So that's what I wanted to talk about. Like, I don't know how real it is. I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, but teams have been calling, and he's been, or his camp has been leaking out messages that they're not happy with his protection and uh, the you know pieces that they put around him. Obviously, their offensive line has been bad for a while now. Um, he was asked in an interview what he thought about. Or like if Seattle shopping him or something along those lines, and he was just like, um, I don't, I don't know if I, he. They asked if he was available, and he was like, I have no idea if I'm available. Like that's a question for the Seahawks. So he didn't really reaffirm any sort of commitment. It sounds like he didn't want to comment on it, which leads you to believe that there might be something there. That seems like uh, he's upset, 
and he doesn't want to leave, but he's like, come on. Like, he's trying to send them a message. He's trying to be like, yo, like, I've been playing my ass off for you for years, fucking getting decked, putting my heart on the field. Like, give me something here. It's been long enough. And Sounds you know, a lot like a similar situation in Green Bay. And that guy's still there. That's true. Yeah. Money, and money like, talks. <laughs> yeah, and they're both, I think they're like the two of the three highest paid quarterbacks in the league. Um, but it, it seemed that another part of this that was tricky is when they fired Brian Schottenheimer, their offensive coordinator this offseason, um, Pete Carroll mentioned that it was because of like philosophical differences in the way that they wanted the offense to be run. Uh, Schottenheimer wanted it to be the whole let Russ cook thing. That was his idea. He wanted to put the ball in Wilson's hands and let him do that. And Pete Carroll has always been like that kind of run first guy and then like control the ball, whatever, cautious, I guess you could say. So um, firing the guy who wants to let Wilson do his thing might have also upset Russell. And it's I, that, what, what the like, yeah, Wilson didn't play that well in the second half of the season. But the problem for the Seahawks wasn't their offense. Their no. defense was awful. They can, couldn't stop anyone. Um, and, and, like, what the fuck are you firing the offensive coordinator for? And <laughs> I think also, like, there, there can be too much let Russ cook. You need to have a balanced offense, you know? Like, it can't... Once that stopped working, and, you know, he started turning the ball over, and the offense... You know, took a little downturn. You know, Carson was get was hurt and like the inconsistent backfield. But like, you need to have something to turn on. You need to have, you need to have a balanced offense to you know, you know, keep teams on their heels. It can't just be Russell Wilson dropping back with a bad O line trying to find Metcalf and Lockett downfield. Especially no, when he gets course. out of rhythm, you need something to to you know help him out. And of course, and and I don't know if that's the right way to go about it with just letting Russ do his thing, but um. It seems like he did like the he did like Schottenheimer and the way that things were going, putting the ball in his hands more. So I'm just talking from a perspective of him maybe being unhappy with some of the decision making and lack of help for him on the offensive line. I don't think we're gonna get to the point like he hasn't requested a trade. I don't think they're not shopping him or anything like that. I think they said they're not interested in trading him, but it seems like like I said before, man, no quarterback is safe this offseason from the rumor mill at least. Yeah, I mean, 18, baby. Magic number. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't expect him to go anywhere. I, I think he'll probably be on the Seahawks forever. But, hey, we said the same thing about Tom Brady. So maybe anything can happen. But I think it's too early for Russell Wilson to have that, you know, late career jump ship, try and, try and find one more run in him. But... I expect him to be a Seahawk for... Maybe Seattle would rather trade him than sign an offensive lineman. They seem to be very against doing that. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> for years now. Uh-huh. Because it's unacceptable just... for you to have bad offensive line year in and year out. Like, same thing with the Chargers, and there's plenty of teams that struggle. That, like, You know that the entire Just... problem of the team revolves around that issue. Fucking address it. And then the Seahawks will go trade up for Rashad Penny in two two drafts ago and draft Jordan Brooks, a linebacker last year who's terrible. I mean, do something, man. Their first round picks are real questionable. <laughs> a They're lot terrible. of terrible. 
<laughs> and everyone's like, the Seahawks are a model of the draft. And it's just like, they're all bad. <laughs> Except they got Metcalf and Lajit and Russell. Whatever. Yeah, they I mean, suck I mean, at just, their first, Their first round picks haven't panned out. But again, they're picking at the end of the draft every year. So, like, it's tough. Yeah. All right. Now we can move on to the gross, not rusty carousel part. <laughs> Darnold? Wentz. <laughs> Sammy Dawn. All right, I guess we could do Wentz last because he's probably the bottom of the barrel, right? <laughs> um, yeah. What was, the, what was the rumor that they're not getting enough for Wentz? Yeah, they didn't. They got a popsicle instead of a lollipop. What the fuck did they expect? He was the worst quarterback in the NFL last year. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, but who? All right, we're on Wentz. Screw it. Yeah, I guess they they think they're not getting enough offers or high enough offers for Wentz. But it's just I like, feel like I feel like the Bears were about to do it, and then they heard they heard everyone like, "No, <laughs> don't do it." Um, Bears fans were freaking out. <laughs> they were not happy. I feel like maybe the GM just like put that out there to test the waters, and he saw the response, and he's like, "Fuck that, fuck that, never mind." I think that's a di- <laughs> either way. That's a disaster waiting to happen for both sides. I think. I mean, I think Wentz, if he need, if he's gonna bounce back somehow, he really needs like the perfect scenario, which for him, and it probably won't be this, would probably be you know reuniting with Reich. In Indy, with like a top offensive line and good weapons in place, and you know, a nice balance of run pass offense. You've got Jonathan Taylor back there now. Seems like he's gonna, you know, be that bell cow for them. So take some pressure off him. But I don't know. I thought they fired Doug Peterson to to like bring in somebody to fix Wentz. The whole organization has no idea what they want. They <laughs> fired Doug Peterson because he wanted to move on to Jalen Hurts, but they didn't want to do that. But yet, those same people drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round. What the, like? Why did you pick him if you want to stick with Carson Wentz? The whole thing makes no sense. Zero. Sounds like a very unorganized organization. Yeah, and now, I mean... And they won the Super Bowl two years ago. They hired the Colts. <laughs> yeah, well, when you got... Big Dick Nick. That's what they're doing. They're trying to get him back from Chicago. They hired the Colts offensive coordinator. Maybe he could be a good coach, but maybe he came in and was like, I want to work with Hurts, not Wentz. Like, it could be something like that. Um, I see a lot of Eagles fans who want to draft someone. They don't want – they're not sold on Hurts, but I don't know. I don't – I think he showed something. Apparently, the Eagles are trying to get, like, two first-round picks for Carson Wentz. That's so that report stupid. that you mentioned, Alex, that I, that I wrote down, that the the Philly Philly feels like they're not getting enough in the packages and the offers for Wentz. I mean, they have to yeah. get realistic. The Bears' offer was supposed supposedly a first, uh, Tariq Cohen and Nick Foles for Wentz. I would have right? taken that in a second if I was the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Just cut bait, get a first round pick, and get it over with. You're not getting two first round picks. Yeah. I was more thinking of it from the Bears' perspective, like too much. <laughs> I, not, maybe not too much, but like more that? like just why even like <laughs> tr- why try to trade for Carson Wentz? But that's not that 
not that's not that high of a price for like i mean if you're gonna look back on what he was and think maybe you can like get him back remotely near that jesus christ richard um <laughs> then that would be worth it it's basically hey, a listen. first it's basically just a first because nick Foles is terrible and Tariq exactly. Cohen is small <laughs> it, it's it's like i guess I, I would consider doing it for chicago too i mean they were like you said the fan base was very very against it online because they have like you know how teams get like attached to players. Tariq Cohen is a fan favorite because he had like his flashy or whatever. Um, but it... and Wentz is also <laughs> bad. What? And Wentz was also terrible. So I mean, the yeah. Bears don't have a quarterback. Trubisky is a free agent, and Nick Foles is awful. Trubisky is a free agent. Interesting. <laughs> You like that? <laughs> I don't know. He was impressive down the stretch there. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, listen, and he's not going back to Chicago though. So the Bears are in trouble. I don't know if they do they have a first round pick, Richard. The Bears. Yeah. Um. Let me check my Bears diary. <laughs> I don't know. Do they might they're, not they're, have one? They're one of those Rams teams that love to trade their yeah. first. Do they still not have a first round pick from Khalil Mack. I'm not sure. Maybe they do, but um, I. W- they do. They. I pick feel like 20th. There's, there's not really that much to say here. They pick twenty. Am I gonna regret this? That I think I would take a shot on Carson Wentz to rebound this year. No, I don't think. I don't know. He just, I just forgot how to play quarterback. I think he can still bounce back. I just think he needs to not go to the shitty Bears and like another bad situation. How bad of a situation is that? You're a naggy hater, aren't you? You think he's going to make him bounce back? And they have a bad O-line. For some reason, the Bears are always thought to be like a destination for quarterbacks. And it's probably because the defense is really good. They're they're usually just a quarterback away. But I don't don't know. It seems like every quarterback that ends up there just ends up being bad. They're probably going to lose Allen Robinson. Like, they're losing weapons. Their O line isn't that great, and obviously they have picks and you know cap space to yeah, help that. I mean, but if, I don't know. if Bears, I guess like I understand taking the risk on once, but I don't know. Do what do what like the do what the Chiefs did, like scout, like find someone you really like, assuming there's somebody that you really like out there, like trade up for him if you really like him. I don't know. You don't yeah. need to go. Okay. You don't need to go fucking buy like. You don't need to go buy Carson Wentz. He's not the only option. That GM did do what the Chiefs did the same year the Chiefs did it. I was watching you. I was like, he's going to (laughs) say. And they traded up to do it too. (laughs) And they picked, not only did they not pick Patrick Mahomes, they also didn't pick Deshaun Watson. So that's one of those situations where Team that these teams that trade away all their first round picks, like they just maybe know, like we can't evaluate talent, so let's just trade our picks for guys like Khalil Mack, who we know are good, and we don't have to worry about drafting busts. 
yeah. not have jobs. I mean, that, that would make sense if you're trading for Khalil Mack, but yeah. you're trading for Carson Wentz. Yeah, and it would also make sense for that GM to be fired because if you know you can't yeah. evaluate talent. like And this guy, Ryan Pace, should have been fired the second he picked Mitch Trubisky. But yeah. moving on, we, we've enough of Carson Wentz and the Bears. I don't think that's a very compelling conversation. <laughs> um, so let's move on to something that's not much better. Sam Darnold uh, has been in the news. His team will not. Well, his team is moving on from him. It would seem, and you guys know a little bit more about that. But apparently, there is a pretty solid market out there for his services. Yeah, and I think it could just be like you know, camps pushing. Oh, people are interested in Darnold, like trying to drive up his value, this and that. I don't know what to believe anymore, but I, I I'd be surprised if they got. I'd be surprised if they got a second rounder for him. And they're talking Adam about Schefter it. said he thinks they could get a first. I know. That's what I'm surprised at that. I mean But he and he doesn't you know, he's not being lied to or hyping anything up. I guess, I guess, but who? Like who's who's giving a first for him? Chicago. <laughs> it's all the all the same teams. <laughs> Chicago, it's, Washington. Chicago, Washington, and Indy are like the three teams that yep. I guess could risk that. I know I Pittsburgh. feel like like We've talked. We've talked about potential Darnold landing spots, but I think the biggest thing is what are the Jets going to get back? And I can't see a first round pick. I, that's that's like crazy to me. If they if they get a first round pick offered to them, they better fucking take it. If they get a first round pick offered to them, they better get the Sean Watson. Yeah, use that pick to get the Sean Watson. Yeah, yeah. They'll have, if yeah. it's this year first rounder or even next year. That's three first pick, first round picks in one of these drafts. I don't give a shit about Zach Wilson, Mormon, and Justin Fields. Oh, give me the Sean what? Watson. <laughs> what if and this is a Egal and I were talking about this? I want to ask you, Jet fans. Um, Zach Wilson's gonna be filthy. Okay, I'll punch him in the temple. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, if these teams are out there offering first round picks, and there's like this bidding war for Darnold with like a bunch of teams interested. Would that you make you're doing something wrong? That's what I'm saying. I was gonna say, don't you think you might want to like just keep him? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I mean, they, they know. Like, I feel like they they're know. in theory they're like watching him every single day in practice and understand mm-hmm. like that maybe he's not worth that. But but this is a new regime now. They, like, I don't know if they have seen him that much in practice. Joe Douglas obviously did, but um. Salah hasn't seen him yet in practice. But, yeah, it's weird because I think about it like with the Yankees. Like, it, there's been reports that they they don't want to trade Gary Sanchez even though he's terrible because they're afraid that some team is going to figure out, like, how to unlock him or, like, he'll be good and then they look like idiots. And obviously, Sanchez is terrible. But would, there, would you be hesitant? Like, how much would it suck if he just goes in his filthy somewhere and then you don't get Deshaun Watson and, you know, it's a yeah. risk kind of. I mean, that's like that's like operating from the perspective that like everybody else knows more than you which at that point you've lost already <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's true um it's just kind of funny like but, wow, but you're wow, right these guys want our quarterback from and, uh... from our perspective where we have no like control over it um that could certainly be the case like if there's a market out there for sam darnold and it's like depending on who's in that market, if it's a team that like like the Colts, that they're like a class organization, um, I'd be like, 
damn, he's gonna be filthy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be, it would hurt. But um, again, I know the obvious answer of what is gonna happen is like, oh, if Joe Douglas falls in love with Justin Fields, if they like Fields more, then they'll do it. But would you guys rather have Sam Donald for another year or just draft Fields? If assuming Watson's not an option, because obviously he's not choice number one. Is um, is just Justin Fields isn't like the clear cut number two if I'm not mistaken, right? No, 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 right. So him, what like draft a quarterback or stick with Darnold? What would you prefer? I know you don't have much knowledge on either quarterback, but just like reset or run it back. Just the, the whole contract thing makes it tough because he's, like, going to be due for an extension, fifth-year option, this and that. But, like, n- neither of these guys, Fields or, or Wilson, or like are, like, as highly touted as Darnold was coming out. And, like, you have the opportunity with what seems to be a competent GM and, like, a new respected head coach to, like, build around him. And possibly unlock the talent that was once there, but also at the same time, like, what if he's just like completely gone and broken, and then you had a chance to start fresh and like mold a guy? It's so tough. Um, yeah, I mean, I I would like to think that uh, Sala is like doing all he can to like make the right decision here and evaluate the talent and say like. I think we should move forward with Sam or like we should go get our own guy. And I think we just need to trust whatever he decides there. Cause I'm, I'm sure like, it sounds like him and Douglas are working in tandem. It's not just like a Douglas making the decision here. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously he makes the final decision, but um, if, if Sala is like, I've seen the film, like I, I've seen everything on this kid and I like him a lot, and I think we should move forward with him, then I'm sure Douglas would be like, okay. Definitely. Yeah. All right, well, there are a lot of moving parts here with a lot of different teams, and we'll certainly keep our eyes on it as this offseason progresses. I'm sure each week we'll have new nuggets of information that we can overanalyze and end up being wrong about. Um <laughs> But that's why we have a talk show, you know. It's a speculation podcast, right? We go that's off of the called. information it's called that they the give speculation. us. A lot of speculation going around. We changed <clears> the name. We're not the memo anymore. Speculation. Um, so I guess that wraps up our NFL talk of the day. Did we want to move on to our our hometown NBA teams that we had a few things to say about? Let's talk a little Knicks and Nets, huh? Yeah. Um. So, I guess big news right now, New York Knicks brought back uh, an old friend, Mr. Derrick Rose, played with Tom Thibodeau in the past. What is this, his third time playing for him? Yep. Yeah, you like to see it. Listen, I was happy about the move. Um, it, it Just to get another veteran in there for, for quickly and topping and um, – from all accounts so far, he looks like he knows his role and he's going to be willing to accommodate the rookies and kind of show them the way. And also, like, for a team that is probably going to be competing for, like, the 7-8 seed by the looks of it because of the it's a very depleted Eastern Conference, he could be their best scorer, you know, like consistent, like, 15, 17 points a night. Um, he's somebody who's going to take it to the rack and they're a team that cannot score the basketball. 
So, I mean, I thought it was just a no, it was really no low risk, high reward by bringing him back in here. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they, they traded, I mean, they have, they have a lot of second round picks coming up. Um, from like various deals i'm pretty sure this was one of like the lower ones so that's good um it's it's not like a a pick that projects to be much we all know dennis smith jr is terrible um so so i, I yeah i mean if it helps the young guys develop and it gives us a, a veteran we can rely on then sure yeah, i'm all i'm all for it we can use depth we can use scoring um uh the team has been surprisingly pretty solid um and i'm i'm cool with i'm cool with d rose like he's not going to cause any problems in the locker room he the the word on the street as soon as he arrived in new york was he got dinner with the young guys and like he made very clear that he was there to help them develop which is awesome you love to hear um, that and yeah, I mean, I find myself tuning into Knicks basketball, which is, you know, step in the right direction this year. Yeah, they hit a little, yep. hit a little rough patch here, losing two games in a row to the Heat, who are two, they're kind of two heartbreakers, two very close games. They were kind of they're they're pretty much competing with the Heat right now because they got off to a very slow start, um, but you kind of figured that Miami would find its way back into the playoffs. Um, they missed Jimmy Butler for a while. They're starting to put it together. So they're sitting at 11 and 15, and they're gonna. There's gonna be a lot of winnable games when they go up against those guys that they're competing against in the Eastern Conference. Um, but yeah, like you said, it, you know, it's exciting to tune in. It's fun to watch. Um, that's that's pretty much where we are right now. They just they're not. They need to score more points. Need to hit more threes. Need to score more points. But you know they're young team. They're learning. That's the way it goes, man. I think they have the best defense in the league and the worst offense in the league. That would make sense. Um, I don't know if they're number one anymore in defense. It's interesting to watch. They're kind of like a backwards team, and it's like a good thing because I feel like usually young teams are you know just chucking up threes, trying to, you know, create on using all their energy on offense. And then on the defensive end, they have no idea what the fuck they're doing um, and just get eviscerated. Um, but this team takes pride in their defense. Obviously it's a, it's a byproduct of Thibodeau and his coaching style and his mentality. If you, if you don't play defense, you cannot play for him. Um, okay. So it's it's cool. It keeps them in games. They've they have a like a a few really good wins this year. Like they they beat the Bucks. They beat um, Pacers. Who, who else did they beat? They beat they the beat, Pacers. Beat, I think yeah. they beat like a a good Western Conference team. Utah maybe. No, I'm not sure. No, I think they lost to Utah. But yeah, they, I just looked. They are they allow the fewest points in the league and they score the fewest. So I don't know if like you know, advanced stats or anything like that, Rich, but they do average the fewest amount points mm, against. Maybe it was like, I don't know what it was. I thought I saw someone else was there. That could be wrong. They're, they're in games every night, which is which is nice to see. Like, I don't think, there's, there's no team that comes up on their schedule that I'm like, wow, we're going to get fucking work tonight. And it happens, but they, <laughs> like, 
I feel like they can they can like hang in there with anyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is they nice. hang and then they fall short. I mean, R.J. Barrett last night, man. Butler gave him an open lane to the basket. Like you have to finish that. It's a layup. Rich, Rich, we were oh, watching that. On. Like you can't miss that. You're being you too hard on him. How many? How many? He was also his left, which he's a lefty. <laughs> Sorry, Lonzo balls raining threes. That's Green a layup, around. man. You got to score that basket. It was a it was a borderline foul there too. He, he Jimmy Butler gave him a little hand check, which is never going to be called at the end of games, and like great players are going to hit that. But he's still young. Like I I respect him for like taking it to the rack and actually taking the shot, and it almost fell. Like I, I think he's he's close. I'm starting to I'm starting the to other, get a little worried. The about other him. parts of his game like shooting and just looking like comfortable out there like no that that that's not coming along he's definitely as, as improved as... from last year <laughs> and he's mad young he was a project coming in he's gonna learn he's got a he's averaging yeah. 17 points per game in his second year he's shooting 43 percent from the field which is a little low and like he's having his bumps he's having he's getting it's definitely low for somebody who plays like he does. Like he, he's not taking a lot. I of I think he's shooting shots. more threes than he should be, because he's not that good at them, and it's probably bringing his percentage down. And I'm, I'm fine with his percentage being low and him like taking the shots and like learning how to make them during a game. Yeah, yeah, he, and I think you he'll, need to he'll have improve. That. Like we we're talking about how he got benched in in a few fourth quarters. Like that happens in your young, your young career, and you got to know why and you got to learn from it and like. I think he's trending in the right direction, and and we'll see how the season goes along. I think he's been one of their better players. Like, there's been games where it's like, wow, RJ, like, awesome. Then he has has his low. What is he, 21, 20, 20, 21 years old? He obviously has a lot on his plate as being, like, the number one scorer that's supposed to be the top option at that age. Um, I don't know. You see. Well, Julius Randle is. is Right. If If it wasn't for Randle. Then we like the Knicks would be horrible. <laughs> I don't know, man. You see that you just see so many of these guys across the league that do come in and they're young, 20, 21 years old, like, and they just take over and they score twenty points off the bat. Like it happens to a lot of different players in the NBA, and it hey, seems like look. the Knicks always have these slow developing guys who disappoint, who are disappointing, and are not like. Yeah, look at Brandon Ingram. You're, you're right about that. Like Brandon like, Ingram, his first two seasons, he it was like. He would have that one game. He'd score, like, 25. Like, I don't think he broke 30 for, like, the first two seasons of his career, maybe, like, midway through his third season. And people were like, this this guy can't shoot. He can't do this. He's not even a great scorer. And now look at him. Like, it's like, oh, wow, Brandon Ingram's fucking a star. And he's getting better. Like, he he is progressing. It's, like, it is maybe more slowly than you'd like to see, but he is getting better, like, each time he runs out there, which is... You know, like all all progress progress is progress. I don't know. I'm I'm watching Trey Young and Luka Doncic play right now, and I'm mad. And neither one of those were the number three pick. They're all stars. But they, but they're both twenty twenty one years old, and we're not picked third overall. Why can't like it? Just like I said, like it's not not everyone. Frank, it's not going to progress the same way. Guys. Like, why does he have to be as good right, just because they were good right away? Because a lot of guys to. can do it, and then it's just it but gets concerning not, but when you have a becomes, guy who's slower. What if, he's a, you have to, what if he's a Brandon Ingram, and he blossoms later, and he's could be. averaging 20-something per game, and fi- finds his rhythm? It's just annoying to have to worry about it. 
Yeah, but like you're, I, I'm not gonna. You can't sit here and say, oh, because Doncic and and Trey Young are good right away. That fuck R.J. Barrett. They're not. They're I'm not saying the it's concerning. They're the exception. Yeah. I think there's a lot of guys that do that though. It's just concerning. Like you want to just. I, I. There are a I lot of guys like Trey Young and Luka Doncic. Hey, they got quickly. He's oh, their late round gem. Yeah, quick. Quickly has been playing very well. And Obi Toppin's terrible. Another one. RJ RJ con- contributes more on a nightly basis than quickly does. Yeah, he should. It's his second year. He's he's only he's only one more one season ahead of him. Well, quickly was picked like nineteenth. Anything you get from quickly right now is like a bonus. I don't know. I think I'm being hard on Barrett because like I just I watch him and it, like he doesn't do many things that are like that impressive. I think you gotta give him like see how where he is at the end of this year, and then you know all of next year see where he's at. Quickly is older than R.J. Barrett. How about that? Not surprising. Not surprising. No. So one, he's young. One year he's Twenty later. years old. That's crazy. He's a child. <laughs> I I like what I see from RJ. Like he moves without the ball, takes it to the rack. Like he slashed, he cuts, he slashes. Like he he gets like easy shots that he should make. And he he's not a great creator yet, but I think he shows put like potential as a creator. I think so too. I feel like the games I've tuned into, um, I see him scoring the ball well, getting boards, pushing the ball. If he can. You know, keep learning defense under Thibodeau and just find his game. You got to find your game when you're that young. And especially with, like, his new teammates and, like, your role. Like, when they finally have a consistent team around him. Like, it's hard when it's different lineup, you know, every – it's only been two years. But, like, he'll find One thing I'll say about him is, like, he's not always looking to attack. And I don't – I don't love that. Like, it was late in the game yesterday and – they ran a pick and roll with RJ and, and Randall and like it was a fine pick and roll, right? Like Randall set the screen, like Randall was open and like RJ passed it to him and Randall missed the shot. But like, even though Randall's open, like you should still be looking to like go to the rim. And then like at the last second, that's when you hit Randall in stride and like he makes the shot like in mm-hmm. stride but Draw it was the like defense. RJ was looking for him for like too long and Randall was it, it looked like a like a CYO play uh-huh. not like an NBA play <laughs> like he's thinking you know too much almost yeah he does look like he thinks he's thinking a lot he's hesitant there. he's a little yeah. hesitant he'll he's, learn yeah. he'll learn it's not he'll coming learn. natural I know <laughs> Matt's out Matt, Matt's got a strict 10-game evaluation. I'm not out. I'm just like, I feel like being the number three overall pick for, like, you want to see a little more at this point. Yeah. It's cause for concern. Like, it's up in the air. And, like, I feel like you don't rather it not be. last (laughs) Last season was a total wash for the Knicks. Like, God, he didn't have a coach, like, he didn't have a team around him. Like this is the first time he's settling into like a respectable NBA team, and I think he's he's doing nicely. If I people are expecting, if he has the if he has the demeanor to be uh, coached by Tom Thibodeau, Thibodeau runs Maybe him out he's there a every soft. night. 
He probably he probably averages more minutes than anyone else on the team besides. No, Matt. I know, I know, but he's gotten benched in the fourth quarter of the last few games because he's been playing well. He hasn't been playing well. I I don't like because Dibs is obviously a very hard coach, and if he if Barrett's a guy who's going to be out there like kind of overthinking things and being like a little hesitant and maybe passing up on shots here and there, like maybe this uh, things are getting in his head a little bit too much. Yeah, I I think it's fair criticism, but. <laughs> I'm not, like I, I think I think he still showed a lot of promise, and I'm I'm excited for what's to come. I think he'll be fine. But talking about the worst defensive, but we're, we're talking about the best defensive team in the league. Why don't we flip over across the borough to the worst defensive team in the league and best offensive team in the league, the Brooklyn Nets? That's pretty funny that they're two the polar opposites like that in the same city. Yeah. Wow, that is funny. <laughs> Um, um, but yeah, so, so we've gotten quite a hand, a handful of games with the new look nets, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant all out there, even though they like pulling Kevin Durant for, for no reason, um, from Freebie. games and <laughs> they're like, we were just saying they're, they're complete opposites. Their offense is extremely efficient, extremely high powered. Um, all three players seem to be uh, meshing pretty nicely, I think, earlier than expected. Um, I think a lot of people were expecting them to like need some more time to come along and develop the chemistry, and it looks like it's there. But on the other <coughs> side of the ball, they just cannot stop a nosebleed. Um, they, they let up a fuck ton of points, um, and they, I, I watched them... A few weeks ago, make Colin Sexton look like he was uh, like fucking Allen Iverson out there or oh, something. What a performance! <laughs> that was one of the best performances I've ever seen. Um, but yeah, what what do we think about what do we think about the Nets? So it's weird. It seems like um, they have some trouble getting motivated uh, because you know we mentioned their struggles with the Cavs. They lost twice to them. They obviously lost to the Pistons last night. Uh, granted, some of their they didn't have all of their big three for those games, but when you're talking about the worst teams in the NBA, like it should obviously be enough. Uh, they're seven and eleven against teams under five hundred, and they're destroying the Pacers right now. So once this game is over, seven and eleven against under five hundred teams means they're eight and one against teams over five hundred. So whether that's like a coaching issue where you kind of are like lackadaisical and going through the motions against bad teams. Or whether it's the stars doing that, um, I guess if you want to look on the bright side, when they play good teams, they really do win. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think they're obviously they're obviously one of the best teams in the league, no matter what their struggles are right now. Like with those three guys on the team, they're always going to be a threat, and they still—it's been however many games. It's still not enough to fully judge. But none of these guys have been, like, great defenders in their career. And the role players they have around them are all, like, besides Joe Harris, are pretty bad and nothing to, you know, write home about. So, I'm not, like, I don't know if the question here is, like, is there any concern there? Like, I'm not, like, concerned because I think they have a good chance to come out of the East. But, they're de- but like, also their defense is so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. It's, what, it's, it's really just going to come down to 
can any team outscore them for four games yeah, in, like the, in the playoffs? Team, if a team like Philly or Boston or like one of these other teams that are going to be like at the or like um, Milwaukee is like feeling it that series and like locked in on defense and you know has the right game plan on offense, they could definitely take them down because the, I don't think the Nets have the the capability to lock like when shots aren't falling to lock in on defense and you know stop a team and like impose their will like that you know. And uh-huh. I think you need that in the playoffs and, and to win the finals. Even those, even those Warriors teams that were like known for their offense and their shooting and like best scorers in the league, like they were elite at defense, best defensive team yeah. in the league some years. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I don't. I I I probably still put them as the favorite to come out of the East. Um, but the East, the Eastern Conference playoffs is always a bloodbath. They're like the the Sixers are not going to roll over and die for the Nets. The mm. the Bucks aren't either, and the Celtics aren't either. As 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 little firepower as they those teams have relative to the Nets, they're going to be physical. They're going to play defense. They're going to beat you up, even if that means losing at the end of the day, and that can take a toll on a team. Um, that being said, I, I still I don't know if I'm comfortable. Like I just don't see a way to justify saying like the 76ers are going to beat them in a seven game series, but I don't think it's out of the question at all. It'll be something to keep an eye on. You know, you don't want to overreact to a small sample size, mm-hmm. uh, a new team coming together. I do think having a first year head coach Steve Nash, um, who has had his you know drawbacks already being so new and having to be thrown into this kind of situation with three of like the most like difficult superstars that there are in the NBA. Um, So I don't envy him from that perspective, but I think it'll be interesting to see if that inexperience does come back to, to bite them in any way. And the experience they do have on the coaching staff, uh, Mike D'Antoni, who's their lead assistant, who probably has like a lot of influence on the offense, you know, how they run things there. He's probably helping Nash a lot along the way. Like, he's never shown that the way he runs things is going to lead to any success in the playoffs. And while this is obviously the most talented trio of players that have ever been with Mike D'Antoni, even though he's not the head coach, like, he's never focused on defense, and it's always been run and gun, score the ball, and, you know, let the rest fall into place. So that's what their, you know, philosophy is going to be, and they're going to go by, like, the Mike D'Antoni philosophy. And I don't know if that's the right direction because it, that's not the win. That's not a winning formula, at least so far in what twenty years he's been coaching. <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. So we'll see. I mean, it's going to be at least there's New York basketball is entertaining now. That's all we can ask for, and in and in completely yeah. different ways. You got three superstars on one team. It could be absolute success or a complete disaster then you got you know the hard-nosed hard-fighting young team scrappy knicks who are proving everyone wrong it's like it's like they just you know they switched roles you you expect the knicks uh the nets to be you know underdog little brother scrappy type team that's what they were madison square garden you get all the superstars what mere two seasons ago they were like this team with a bunch of young guys who you know, we're exciting. They made the playoffs with D. Russ, like, and and now they're just completely new look, and mm-hmm. and that's fine. It it can definitely take them to the next level. 
Yeah. But you, you gotta get you gotta get the job done. Yep. They just beat the Pacers. They held them to ninety four points, which is very good. Um, the Nets did. Yeah, they just the Pacers oh, scored ninety four. The Pacers I mean, probably look, averaged ninety four points. <laughs> I was watching they're the game team. in the beginning. They were playing like shit. The Pacers. No, they're 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 always good. They're always good, but they're never like a high powered offense. Mm-hmm. No. But yeah, I mean, listen, it's a wait and see with them. Um, they'll definitely stack up some wins and probably will fall to a couple bad losses along the way, and that's just what the basketball season is sometimes. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll have to keep an eye on it. I think that's all we can say. Yeah. Hey, maybe we can go to a game. Ten yeah. percent capacity, baby. We should <laughs> definitely try to. Hey, if Lakers come to town, I'm in. You're gonna be impossible to get two thousand dollars, two thousand seats. I mean, I don't know how that's going to go, like season tickets and stuff like that. I'm sure they'll have priority. I I think it'll be pretty difficult to get a ticket. Yeah, definitely. Definitely be a lot of money, too. Yeah. All right. Okay, I think uh, think we all have said our piece for this episode. We're at an hour and 20. Yeah. A lot of good content, but uh, any last words? Definitely forgot to record my audio. It's fine. For like the fourth (laughs) episode in a row, but you'll be okay. Um, I'm good. I'm happy to be back, and we will be back, you know, for good. We're not taking no more hot chips, so I won't be um, in the med bay for a month. Yeah, we will have Thank to get creative to get through the sum, the spring and the summer with only yeah. basketball, but uh, we'll find a way to get it done for you guys. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next time.